be seated this morning. My heart has been blessed to be with you today. My heart was blessed after the first service as I had four or five different families talk to me about God's story in their life and what God is doing in their life. Whether it was financial, some it was health and how God is, how they're trusting God even in the midst of the valley and in the storm, but they are testifying to God's faithfulness. And I hope you will see this morning God's faithfulness as well uh, in your life. We're glad you're here today. If you're new with us, want to especially welcome you this morning. Want to welcome those who are joining us in, in online. We're glad you're here today too. I know it's a, a three-day weekend, so on three-day weekends, we're just glad to see anybody. So it is a good group in here this morning for Labor Day weekend. We're glad that you're here and uh, we're excited for uh, this fall and what's getting ready to happen. I do want to invite you personally uh, Wednesday night for our first Wednesday. And if you're serving in our kids and our volunteers and things like that, we need you. Please don't come to this Wednesday night. Uh, we need you for our kids and our and our middle schoolers and high schoolers. Uh, but uh, we do have great things going on through 18, but we'd love to have you here. We're going to worship. There'll be a short uh, inspiration uh, message that won't be long and a time of prayer and then communion together. And so uh, 6.30 Wednesday night. And then next Sunday, I'm excited about our next message series. Uh, We are getting ready to talk about the names God has changed. And uh, the names that God has changed are, is about uh, God's uh, changed some names in in the Old and New Testament. Uh, He changed their names to give them a new identity, to give them a new vision, a new purpose. Uh, a new direction, a new destiny. And God wants to do the same for us. God wants to take us from where we are and take us to where he wants us to be. And so I'm excited about the message series coming up. The names God has changed. It's gonna be a fun series, a good series. And I believe it'll be a series uh, for each and every one of us that God has a destiny and a place that he wants to take us and lead us as well. Well, today I'm excited to finish our series, The Elephant in the Room. And I know some of you are probably ready to be finished with the elephant in the room because it is talking about money and uh, money's a little bit of a different subject. Today we're talking about how you can win with money. And this is some of our volunteers. If you're new here today, you haven't been in our services. We're not a prosperity gospel church. We're not a name it, claim it. We're not a, you know, get it, receive it. I mean, we do believe that God takes care of us. But if we were a prosperity gospel church, then the writer of the New Testament, who you're going to be quoted a couple times today, the apostle Paul wrote two thirds of the New Testament. He was shipwrecked. He was shipwrecked. He was beaten, thrown into prison. He was misunderstood. I mean, all sorts of things happened in Paul's life, if he was a name it, claim it, prosperity gospel teacher, he wouldn't have had those things. But we are going to talk about how God helps us in all situations today. I'm excited about today. The reason we're teaching on this series of money is God cares about every area of our life and he wants us to follow him in every area of our lives. He doesn't want to just convert us to to be saved, but he wants to lead us. He wants to be our Lord and his plans for us are good. We believe that God's way is the best way. And uh, one of the hardest places is in the area of finances because that's a hard place to trust anyone, uh, but God wants us to trust him. We want to talk today about how you can win with money, um, how all scripture, uh, where we're going today, all scripture is God breathed than is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Um, I'm thankful that we have a God that wants to correct us. Um, Good parents correct their kids. Scripture talks about this, that uh, when the Lord disciplines us, he corrects us. It means he loves us. 
Um, I played for coaches and one coach in particular used to say, if I quit yelling at you, if I quit instructing you, um, then, and if I quit yelling at you, I've given up on you. So you want me yelling at you. And boy, did he love me. He never gave up on me. I'm going to tell you that he, he was all in for me, but I love it that we have a God who wants to correct us. He wants to teach us how to uh, live in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. We believe that God's way is the best way in all areas of our life, in our marriage, in our family, in our finances, in our work. We believe God's way is the best way. And we believe also that God has good things for us to do. God has good things for you and for me to do. And so that's why we uh, teach this series. It's a discipleship series on how we can uh, grow, grow closer to him in this way. So the elephant in the room is this. We're finishing this series where we've been asking, this may be your first Sunday, so I'm gonna bring you up to speed. We're not gonna preach the last two messages, but we've asked and we're asking for three commitments in this series. Um, the first one is that I commit to attack and to pay off all my consumer debt. Because we believe that most of our uh, American way of life is living in financial bondage. It's living in slavery to, bond, to, the, to the debt uh, that we have. And God wants to set us free. Uh, this, isn't about, this isn't about getting rich. This is about being financially free. And God desires for us to be free. So that was week number one. Pastor Dustin gave that one to us. He, one of the scriptures he shared was the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is slave to the lender. We don't want... Uh, we don't want to live in habitual slavery to our financial bondage. And so one of the things we were uh, offered the first week and I share again today is our financial peace university that will start on the 20th of this month. Uh, we believe in this so much. We've offered this classes in the past and we haven't done this, but we are, uh, you take the class, it's $80. You can sign up on the hub online. At the end of that course, you complete the course, we're gonna give you a $100 bill. You're gonna make 20 bucks uh, completing the course. And not only that, the bigger deal is, is you're gonna whittle down and uh, you're gonna get release, erase a lot of debt and you're gonna set your road on the road to financial freedom and you're gonna live more free. So that is the uh, first commitment. The second commitment that we talked about last week is, I commit to tithe 10% of my income to God through my church. We believe in this so much that we gave a 90-day challenge. And the 90-day challenge is simply this, is that if you trust God for the next 90 days, uh, for the next three months, and some people have asked some good questions like, do we do this every week? You do it when you get paid. If you're paid biweekly, if you're paid monthly, you're paid weekly, you, you tithe on what you receive, not what you don't have. And so we, our, our challenge was this, and we wanted it to be a challenge, not manipulation, coercion. Uh, we didn't want to browbeat you. We want it to be a challenge. We want it to be something you're excited about that the next 90 days, you give 10% uh, first off the top, give it to God first. And at the end of those 90 days, if you haven't seen God um, help you, bless you, uh, provide for you, that you're gonna go to Brian. You're not gonna come to a pastor. Any of our pastors, you're not gonna come to me. Brian, I'm gonna have him raise his hand again. He's doing sound. Last week he was up here worshiping. I mean, he's just everywhere. Um, anyway, Brian is our treasure. Um, he does all the finances at the end of the 90 days. If you just don't believe that God's been faithful to you in this, go to him without questions asked, no judgment, no condemnation, no shame. He will refund all that you've given in the last 90 days. That's how much we believe in this, how strongly we wanna help you take a step 
in your faith. And sometimes we need a little nudge. And so that's the 90 day uh, giving challenge. Uh, Honor the Lord with your wealth. This is one of the verses we used last week with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. We believe that God wants to help us. So the elephant room is, was this last week, that there are lots of people who profess faith in Christ, but don't trust him. Uh, we talked about how this isn't a love issue. This isn't, I don't love God. This is, I don't trust God. We want to help you to take the step of trusting God, not for him just to save you, but for him to lead you, not for him to just to be your savior, but to be your Lord, because we believe God can be trusted and his way is the best way. Today's commitment, the third one is this. I commit to discipline myself to proactively save the wealth God has given me. And at this point, there's probably many and many watching online who are like got tripped up, or tripped up over one word in this sentence. And it's not the word underlined. It's not the word save. It's the word wealth. Because you're thinking, really? You talking to me? You're not talking to me. You're, I'm, I'm, I'm not wealthy. I struggle with this. I don't, I, you're calling me what? No, you're talking to someone else. In fact, you're probably talking about 2% of the people and you are correct. I am talking to the 2% in this room today because you are the 2%. In this world that we live, 98% of the world does not have what the poorest person in this room has today. We are blessed. I've been to Mexico. I've been in the slums of Haiti. I've been twice in the slums of Kenya, in the third largest slum of all of Africa. And I can tell you the, the homes that the rain comes in when it rains, when, when the food that they don't know where it's coming from each day, when, they're, when you see little children at the garbage dump trying to find nuggets of food because they are trying to live. We are a wealthy nation and we are wealthy people. I know there's part of some of you going, yeah, but my, my life, get to the reality of my life. I get how this may feel. It might feel a little bit like when you were growing up, when we were growing up and our parents said to us, clean your plate, clean your plate because there's starving children in. It was Africa for me too. I didn't know if it was for you as well, but it was, it was Africa. There's starving children in Africa. And what were we thinking? Go ahead, give it to them. We would love to share this with them. We don't want any more of this. We, I know how this can feel, but God has asked us to trust him with what he has given us. We, uh, a verse that we share today is dishonest money dwindles away, but whoever, get, who, but whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow. Another translation for dwindles is hasty money. Or uh, another one was uh, quick schemes. Get rich quick schemes was the NLT translation. But who dishonest money dwindles away. This isn't get rich quick scheme, but whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow. This is God's plan to live a, a disciplined life over a long period of time, which we will all fail, which we will all need God's grace. None of us are perfect in this. None of us does this perfectly. But the key is whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow. This is plotting. This is $25 a month. This is $50 a month. This is $75 a month. This may be $100 a month. Whatever it is, it's little 
by little. And I told you last week, I'm really excited if you're under the age of 30 here today. I'm really excited for you because I was, my parents were awesome. And they taught me some awesome things. They taught me how to follow Jesus. They told me, taught me how to trust him as savior. They even taught me tithing that we talked about last week. But a couple things that we, we just, we all missed the boat. Um, they didn't talk to me about debt. They didn't talk to me about saving. So I showed up late to this ball game and I'm in a recovery program. I'm in God's recovery program and he's helping me and he's helping us. But we started late in this ball game, especially in the way of saving. But if you're under the age of 30, which by the way, this isn't, hey, give up. I'm, I'm past that. I'm 52 like I am or whatever. I can't, can't do this. No, do the best you can with what you have, where you are, and watch God help you make up the difference. But if you're under the age of 30, I'm really excited for you. Uh, because this came really practical to us about a month ago when I uh, flew down to Florida to help Riley, my youngest, uh, drive back to her senior year in Chicago. Um, my oldest, Reagan, who we left behind before we did, we had a Zoom call and it was with Ryan Rhodes. He goes to our church here and he works in uh, finance. Um, he works in, in those things. And so I'm um, in investments. And I, I asked him if he would meet with Reagan on a Zoom call. And Riley was on the other side of it. And uh, he, he had laid out a plan for us that she, uh, by the time that she was, my ear just started ringing. That is old age. That is crazy. I mean, it's just the weirdest thing happened. I'm sorry, squirrel happened. So anyway, the, the, it is still ringing. It is crazy. That's nothing to do with this thing, is it? My goodness. Okay. Um, hey, it went away. Good. Praise the Lord. Um, so R Reagan, we sat down on the other side and he showed us this graph and this chart. She gets paid 26 uh, times a, a year, every other week. Um, she's in a, um, she doesn't want me to share all her finances and stuff, but I'll just tell you her salary is that of a teacher. Um, and so, you know, teachers make lots of money. Um, I'm married to one. And so she's in the lines of, that's where she makes. And last year, um, First of all, the place that she works, they offer a 3% match. So if she puts 3% in, they match at 3%, which she would, we just like, man, that'd be dumb not to receive that 3%. So she began doing that out of her. And so she's been getting 6%. And, and this year, after one year, we decided, hey, I think we can do something else. So he talked to us about a Roth IRA. And if she puts $75 Every paycheck, 26 pay periods from now, 23 years old, till the time she's 63, 64, she'll have a, a, about a million dollars and maybe more if it does better. She'll have a million dollars because of count, compounding interest. And she's put even more in her 6%. So you do that on the other side of things. That's a couple million dollars. I wish I'd have known this when I was young. I wish I'd have known this. And, and you guys have the internet and, and all this. So I'm, I'm, you probably know all these things. I'm just telling these things. But we can know these things and not do these things. So Reagan, just a couple weeks ago, it comes automatically out of her bank account, starts at $75. And maybe someday she'll put more in there, but it's like, if at least if you'll do that 75 and you won't stop and just forget about it, it, he who gathers money little by little makes it grow. This is not a get rich scheme. And this isn't about being rich. It's about being financially free. And I want her to be at a place one day where um, she's not stressed when she's at that age that seems so far away. Whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow. The pastor at Wichita First Church, uh, we went to school together. He's a friend of mine. His name is Scott Marshall. He's been there new for the last couple of years. And he was telling me about a friend of his 
and uh, uh, his friend is a pastor as well. And this lady is his church and her name is Janet. And Janet lived a very simple life. It's not everyone's story, um, but God had given her a certain provision, a certain level. We're going to talk about that in a moment. And she began, uh, she lived for Jesus. She was a devout Christian. Um, she tithes. She came to a place uh, very young in her, in her married life that her husband died of leukemia, left her with a little child, a, a son, just as a, as a toddler. And um, she never remarried. But she followed these principles that we've been talking about these three weeks her whole life. And it's not because she made tons of money. She never made more than 25,000 in her adult life. She walked to work every day. Uh, She did drive nice cars, but she always paid cash for them. She would drive a car for the next 10 years. She would save up money and then she would go in and she'd pay for that car in cash. The the, um, social security benefits of her husband, she saved that for her son to pass on to him when he was eight. She saved those checks for him. She did things little by little and she lived within her means and she lives in a beautiful little home, just a small, modest, very modest home in Granville, Ohio. And this is the way that she's lived her life. He who gathers little by little makes it grow. Um, but we are kind of like, and she's the example of Paul, the apostle Paul who wrote two thirds of the New Testament. And, and this is hard for us, but um, here's what she did. First of all, I'm gonna tell you what she did. Then I'm gonna tell you what Paul did. It worked well for her because she committed herself to Christ and his church and she committed to doing money God's way. She avoided debt, she tied her whole life, and she saved. And even in her older age, in her 80s, uh, she still works part-time because she wants to. Um, She ministers to the old people in her church and she herself is in her 80s. She has well-connected in friendships and relationships. She loves life. But this is the way that she's lived her life. She lives what Proverbs 13, 7 says. The elephant in the room is this though. Not, this is not how most Christians live. Her life is uncommon. But I think there's such a freedom in her uncommon life. But we mostly live above. So I, the, the, today's commitment is I commit to discipline myself. Not to do it perfectly. But proactively begin to make changes where I save the wealth that God has given me. And if we, get a, if we get a vision for this, it really begins to change everything. Where there is no revelation, where there is no vision, people cast off restraint, but blessed are those who heed wisdom's instruction. Reagan, my oldest, began to get a vision. And uh, she's not looking forward to being 63 or 65, but she's getting a vision for what one day could be. And for what she's looking forward to. And so she's, I believe she's heeding some wisdom. Uh, And I don't think it's the strong arm of her dad saying, you have to do this. I'm saying, man, you can do this differently than what I've done it. And you don't have to start behind like I did. You can be farther ahead. We all want better for our children, don't we? Than we want for ourselves. We all want better for our grandchildren than we want for them for ourselves. We'll get a vision. And here's the vision. If you're following along your notes today, there's three lines at the bottom. The first one is this. The first fill in the blank on that bottom line is God's provision level. We're going to talk about three things that is doing money God's way. The first is God's provision level. That everything comes from God. Now, the American way is to say it all comes from me. I pulled myself up my own bootstraps. It's me, me, me. I did it. It's me, me, me. We believe as followers of Jesus 
that every good and perfect gift comes from above that it's from the father that he is the one that provides for us he's the one that gives us life and breath He's the one that gives us our jobs. He's the one that uh, gives us our talents and our abilities. We believe that that's God given, that it's not something we should brag about, that it's ours. It's like God has given me different, he's given us all different, but he's given all of us talents and abilities. He's given us our ability to make income, our employment opportunities, God's provision level. Uh, I'm un. I'm apologizing for talking a lot about my child today, talking about Reagan today, but it was the best illustrations I had. I'm just thankful she's not here, nor that she watches, nor that I have this agreement anymore. When my girls were little, every time I mentioned their name, I had to give them five bucks. That way they never cared if I mentioned their name in an illustration in church. Now they outgrew that because um, we started paying for college. They owe us now. They owe Heather and I now. Um, So they don't question anything about using their names, but uh, we got to see God's provision level in a tangible way for us in Reagan's journey towards graduating a job. Six weeks uh, before graduating last year, uh, late March, uh, all universities probably do this, but her university um, said that 95% of their students either get a job or go on to graduate school. 95%. We're like, we're banking on that because we need, to, we need help here. So we're banking on that. But six weeks before school was out, Reagan didn't have a job. And I'm thinking, how lucky are we? She falls in the 5%. So anyway, she's, she's there. And six weeks before school's out, her, uh, the head of her department, her professor, um, the art professor came and said, hey, Reagan, um, I'm going to give your name and another student's name to the school that I worked at, this large Christian high school. It's a mega sports school. I mean, they, everything's a championship at their school, um, which... Reagan doesn't care because she's not into sports. But anyway, um, he said, I'm going to give your name and this other gal's name. And I, I think it'd be a good job for you to consider. And she says, well, it is because it's an art teacher. And Reagan called me and called us. And she said, I didn't want to be in the family business. Mom teaches, Papa and Grandma teach. I'm thankful that they loved it. I don't want to teach. And we're like, I was like, well, you don't have a job either. So um, it'd be good for experience just to interview and you can't hurt yourself. And just because you interview doesn't mean you have to say yes. So why don't you just get some experience and some practice and uh, be honest with them. Tell them that you didn't want to get in the family business. She did all that and she did an interview with them and uh, she was honest with them. So thus we didn't hear anything with, from them. And uh, about three weeks later, uh, the principal reached out to Reagan and said, hey, we gave the job to the other student at Olivet who Reagan knew of, but they didn't walk in the same circles. Uh, he, he said, we gave the job to her, um, but we've been doing all our graphic design and communications. We've been outsourcing outside. We'd like to bring that in-house. We don't have a job description for it yet, um, but it's on the admin side, but we'll give you a teacher's schedule, um, meaning you'll get June and July off, a week in Thanksgiving, a week at Christmas, and a week at spring break. And I'm thinking, you'd be dumb. Uh, we didn't raise a dummy. You'd be dumb not to take this. Anyway, she said, yeah, I'm, I'm interested. Uh, we were nervous because we didn't know uh, the other girl, and but we we're like, you need to call her because this could be God's provision. Long story short, that's her best friend now. I mean, she loves her culture, but this is her best friend. And she's the art teacher. Uh, Reagan is the graphic designer. God's given her that job. And can I tell you, when you receive and go places where God wants you to go, it doesn't mean it's easy street. Uh, a, a single gal going a long ways away. Most of her friends are in Chicago. There's been times where uh, there's been a lot of joy, but there's been some times it's been difficult. What I can tell you this is Reagan herself. We don't even have to say it. She says, I know God gave me this job. 
and I know he's put me here. And when we believe that God has given us our provision level, the problem with that is sometimes in, our, in, in uh, this line that symbolizes our income, what he's given us, um, can our provision level ch- change? Yeah, we can get better jobs, new jobs. We can get training. We can do those things. But one of the things that we need to do is we need to accept God's provision level. And this is hard to do. It's hard to accept God's provision level because it's easy to look at someone else and say, uh, yeah, but my income's not theirs. I don't have what they have. God wants us to trust him. He wants to accept God's provision level. It doesn't mean that we don't train, get better training, more education. Doesn't mean that uh, we, we, but God wants us to live in the provision level that he's given us right now. Paul learned this lesson. I think we need to learn it from him. He said, I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in every situation. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Now, Philippians 4.13 is one of my favorite verses. It's probably one of your favorite verses. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. But we take it out of context sometimes because we think sometimes it means that we can do anything. I can do anything because I believe in Christ. If I could do anything because I could believe in Christ, I'd be quarterback for the Denver Broncos today. That's what that would mean. It would mean that when I, I think of, uh, when you remember used to watch him back in the day, American Idol, we all love Simon Cowell because he was brutally honest. A kid would get up there and sing and was awful. It was terrible. You loved it when it got to Simon Cowell because he would say, you're terrible. You're awful. You're awful. You don't have any business being on that stage. And they're going, you know, what do you mean? I, I've been told I'm, I got a good voice. He's like, who told you you had a good voice? He's like, well, my mom did. He goes, your mom's a liar. <laughs> and I'm here to be your friend and tell you, you don't have any place in the music business, not even on a soundboard. I mean, you, you shouldn't even, you shouldn't be any place in there. Learning to be content in every situation doesn't mean we get everything we want or that we can do all things through Christ because he gives us strength. It's that he will be with us. And he will give us the strength for whatever situation we're in, whether well-fed or hungry, whether going through a health crisis or whether on the mountaintop, God will give us what we need. He will give us the strength that we need in all situations. But we tend to kind of think in the way of finances, we tend to think this way, hey God, I think you messed up with my provision level. I think you missed the memo. See that guy or see that gal over there? That's the income or that's the provision level. Somehow you miss my provision level. And we think somehow that God's messed up. And so we create, and if you're gonna follow along, I didn't put this in there. You can write your own line. We're gonna cross it out. But the line above, we say, this is God's provision level. And we say, but God got my provision level wrong. So I'm gonna add more to it. And we add debt, guilty, done this many times. It where you just want it, maybe you don't need it, or maybe you need it and you think, I just gotta have it. And so we just say, God, you got this one wrong, so I'm gonna, we'll get out of it, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna trust myself on this one. And we like to do that. The second thing is, and this is the hard part of trusting, is the second thing is just joyfully return to God 10% of what he provides. This is saying, God, we trust you to provide for us. We believe that if we trust you with 90%, that's going to be better than me trusting myself with 100%. And so this is the way it should work. We should get rid of the top. 
God's provision level, accept what his provision level is for us, then joyfully return to him a tithe. And then today we're getting onto that third part. Um, Okay, let me hit this first. Um, I forgot about this. We all have this kind of question. Um, there's two people in this in room, two people in this life when it comes to tithing and giving. The person who tithes and the person who doesn't tithe secretly thinks the other guy is an idiot. The person that doesn't tithe is thinking, you really think God's gonna take care of you? You, bless you. you believe that stuff that church is selling you? You believe that bill of goods? And, and the, the one that's been tithing and been giving and trusting God is on the other side saying, you're an idiot. You'll never know the blessings. You'll never know uh, the, the pleasure and the joys of trusting God. You, you'll never have a story of, of telling of God's faithfulness and how he's been faithful. So the question today is this, what kind of idiot are you? I'm glad you're laughing because your pastor's an idiot. So he can say that. We're all idiots. What kind of idiot are you? That's the question we gotta ask ourselves is what kind of idiot do you wanna be? And I know there's a lot of you you're the kind of idiot that you've trusted in the Lord for years. I had a, a man, I can't, I don't have his permission to share his story, but he came up to me afterwards and he said, I used to go weekly, every Friday, get $100 from the high interest place. I used, to, I used to have to get that to get me through the week. I used to do that and I would do that. I did that for a long, long time. And he goes, then I began to trust God. I began to tithe. I began to give my 10%. And he goes, I've never looked back. God has got me out of that mess. I'm no longer going to the high interest rate every Friday. Friday just to pay the bill for the next week. God has been faithful to me. And I was like, where were you? I needed your story today. Well, I have it for the second service. I just can't share his name, but I was so encouraged that he's been there where it's been really tough and hard. And now he says, this is the kind of idiot that I am. I'm just dumb enough to trust God that his way is the best way. And I believe he's going to help me and guide me and lead me. So this is it. God's provision level. The part of God's provision, uh, provision that I joyfully return to him in the tithe and the part I pay myself for the future. Proverbs says, go to the ant, you sluggard. Man, we're idiots, sluggard. This isn't my words. These are God's words here. Um, go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler, yet it stores up provisions in summer and gather its food in the harvest. It gets prepared for winter. Ants know that winter's coming, so they got to store provision. One of the reasons we're encouraging you to go through financial peace if you haven't is to store up for winter because we're going to have winters. We're going to have seasons of winter where we're going to have health uh, things. We're going to have financial setbacks. We're going to have things that we want to store up and save up for those emergencies. And that's the first step in financial peace. We want to encourage you to get on that path. It's encouraged us to get on a path that is wise and to make this third commitment today. I commit to discipline myself to proactively, not perfectly, save the wealth God has given me. I was talking to my brother-in-law about this. He's a pastor in Kansas City. And he goes, I got a guy in my church that describes this, those three things exactly. He's unassuming. He drives nice cars, not incredible cars, just nice cars, lives in a modest, nice home. He's one of the most generous guys in our church and no one would ever know that the guy is just little by little. He's trusted God. He's put, he's been faithful, trusting God. He's, he's gotten out of debt. He's saved up. He, he's taken care. He goes, he's lived this kind of life. And so 
I just, I know it's uncommon. This is an uncommon life. I get it. Not everyone does this. Not everyone will do this. I believe that God calls us to an uncommon life for his glory and our benefit if we will trust him. So these three commitments, I commit to tackling and paying off all consumer debt. I want to encourage you, get in financial peace. Congratulations on to you that have already signed up for my financial peace. Congratulations to you that have already gone through financial peace. Again, we believe in it so much that you pay the $80 as a couple. I need to clarify that. People are saying it's $80, it's $80 a household for the resources. At the end, we'll pay you $100 back for completing the course because we believe God wants to help you. I commit to 10% of my income to God through his church. And at this point, I, I think we might have some volunteers. We have some volunteers here today. I'm going to ask them. I'm going to pass out the 90-day card. This is, we won't do this next week, but I'm going to pass it out because I know one in three, the average church attendance is one in every three Sundays. So if you already received this, just grab it, throw it in the trash or throw it in the basket on the way out, but they're going to hand it to you whether you know that you need it or not. But it's just, um, we're going to pass out the 90-day giving challenge. And I just want to encourage you, you might want to join the others because I forgot to tell you this good news. Last week, in addition to the people that checked the box, I already know the joy of tithing. There was 50 new households that accepted this tithing challenge. 50 new households. 29 of those who have been giving in some capacity, Brian said in some way, but now they're making the commitment. They're gonna, they're gonna up and they're gonna trust God. They're gonna give them 10%. There was 21 families who have not been giving, that have not given to this church in well over a year. Uh, eight of those who have never given at all. God is, wants to bless. I believe God wants, and I, today you made that commitment last week. I just wanna encourage you. We mean it. The 90 days, we mean it because we believe that God is gonna help you take care of you. And so today you might wanna join those 50 as those who stepped out in, in faith and, and trusted God with the 10%. And then on the way out today, we're not gonna bring the baskets forward this morning, but you can just throw it in the baskets on the way out today. The last one is I commit to discipline myself proactively to save the wealth God has given me. I believe one of these three areas, all of us could probably grow in. We could look at one of these things. You might say, hey, you might be like me and say, I learned tithing when I was 10. It came a lot easier for me because my parents taught me at a young age. They didn't talk to me about debt and saving and it's been playing catch up, but God is helping us. God is helping us as we do more of, of this and it's little by little. It's not a ton, but do the best you can with what you have where you are. And if you're a young person today, if you're a young person, I told Riley, as soon as you get a job, you're gonna fall in the, you're gonna fall in the steps of your sister. You're gonna start doing this because your parents are pastors and when they're old, there's nothing for you. That's meant as to be a joke. But anyway, didn't come across very good. But anyway, uh, if you're a young person today, start, it doesn't have to be 75, it's 25, $50, every paycheck, instead of spending it on Starbucks or, or some other place, put that, give yourself something. I mean, tithe first, absolutely, but begin to, begin to take care of your future because you're gonna be here before you know it. And I believe God wants to help us in the area of our finances. Hey, I'm excited for next week. We're gonna dive into the names God's changed because we believe that God wants to uh, change us, transform us, make us more like him. Money's the hardest thing. It's the hardest thing because 
We all need it. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you as well. I believe God will take care of you. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your love for us today. Thank you for everything that you've done and are doing in our lives. Lord, I pray for my friends. I realize this is hard for some. It seems like going to the moon and back for others. Lord, I pray that you would give them faith to trust you. I pray, Lord, that you would reveal yourself to them and show yourself faithful as I know you will do. I pray for some of our young people today that just think they're gonna live forever and they can always do this later, but if they would just start a little bit right now and they would begin saving for their future, how, Lord, you would use that. Lord, I'm thinking of the words of John Wesley today who said, save all you can. Make all you can, excuse me, make all you can, save all you can so you can give all you can so that we can live a life of freedom. We can live a a greater life of abundance and generosity and grace. Father, thank you for your people today. Be with us as we are in this Labor Day weekend. I pray for rest for your people tomorrow. I pray that um, they would have a great week and you'd bring us all back to learn more about you and how you want to change us and transform us and put us on a new path with a destiny that had us in mind for your glory and for our benefit in Jesus' name. Amen.